Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on twitter.com slash joykeys, and you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And also, now I am on Instagram. Yeah, so you guys know I give away lots of prizes. If you tag me on Instagram, you could possibly win a prize. As a matter of fact, today I'm going to be giving away copies of my guest's latest CD. So you definitely want to follow at Joy Keys and you want to become a fan on Facebook. Well, who is my guest this morning? Wow, I am so blessed to be speaking with Anthony McGill this morning, a wonderful clarinetist. Um, He's about to join the New York Philharmonic on Monday. will be his first day. And you just heard some music actually from his first CD, uh, that was Andre Messager, I believe, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, Andre, good morning. I mean, uh, Anthony, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Joy. How are you? I'm good. So did I pronounce that correctly? Uh, tell me the correct pronunciation. Um, you know, I think it's like Messager, Messager, something like that. Yeah, very okay. close enough. Okay. Close enough for me. I don't speak Close enough, much. okay. Yeah. And that was the the solo de concours? Yes. That I just played. Mm-hmm. So that's a very uh, like a lot of clarinetists try to play that to show off their skill and talent. Um, is that why you chose that? Do you like that, or did somebody say you better put this on the CD? How did you decide to put <laughs> that on the CD? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For my first CD, I mean, this was all just kind of um, pieces that I love. You know, um, there was no like you know producer. This was all self-produced and self-released. Um, so. You know, um, it's one of the pieces that is, is, you're right, it's like kind of a competition piece. It's known as a, a virtuosic piece, piece that shows off the skill of the player, but also the virtuosity of the instrument. And um, But it's also really beautiful, too. So, you know, it's a nice, nice piece to have on an album. Yeah, that's why I, I, before I even had looked at the background, I was listening to the CD and I was like, wow, okay, this, he's really going in. I mean, he's, wow, this is awesome. And I was like, I want to definitely play that on the show. And then I read the history. I said, Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. You know. Um, yeah. Let me just tell the audience. Yeah. Let me tell the audience. You were also uh, the principal clarinet at the Metropolitan Op- uh, Opera Orchestra since 2004. And if they don't know, you performed with Yo-Yo Ma, Isaac Perlman, Gabriela Montero at the President Obama's inauguration in two, uh, January 2009. So you have been around the block doing lots of gigs with some wonderful, exceptional, t- 
talented people. Were you nervous when you were playing with Yo-Yo Ma for the president's inauguration? Um, no, I mean, you know, I actually, uh, fortunately, I had the um, pleasure of playing with Yo-Yo Ma um, quite a few years before that in, uh, okay. in Japan. And so I'd met him before, so I wasn't as, as starstruck as I normally would be <laughs> playing with those <laughs> musicians. Um, but it was, you know, it was an amazing honor. And, um, you know, those people are some of, the, some of the best people in the world, too. I mean, they're, you, you know, Yo-Yo Ma is such a great person, and he makes you feel like you, under normal circumstances, you would be very nervous. But, you know, playing with great musicians that are also nice people is a lot easier to, to manage. <laughs> Right, right. If they're nice people, they're not divas or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly. helpful. Yeah. So now, let's start at the beginning because did you know, like, when I'm five years old, I'm going to play the clarinet? When did this idea, like, I'm going to play the clarinet as opposed to the violin or the trumpet? I heard that there was another instrument you liked more, but then you went with the clarinet. Talk to us about yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, I grew up in Chicago and. Um, you know, music was just one of the different things that my our parents, you know, put us into, exposed us to different things. And my brother, my older brother started playing the flute when I was young. So I, you know, kind of grew up with, with him playing for a couple of years. So I just seemed like something, you know, I would do when I was, you know, of age. I was about nine years old. And um, I think it's probably because my parents listened to um, a lot of like you know jazz on the radio, smooth jazz in mm-hmm. Chicago, and 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 so I liked the saxophone, and so you know I you know went into this room and tried to pick the instrument up, and it, it was like bigger than me at the time, the saxophone. <laughs> so, so the guy, uh, the teacher, music teacher was like, you know maybe you should try the the clarinet because it's a little smaller, and. Um, you know, so that that's basically that story, you know. And but you see pictures of me with the clarinet, and it, it still looks like it's bigger than me. It's like a dragon on the ground <laughs> sitting there playing it, you know. Wow. Well, you've definitely mastered it. It doesn't matter. You've definitely mastered it, and people have recognized your mastery. Now, I was reading that you rehearsed five hours a day when you were in high school. Is that true, or is that like some? What, what, is that true? Yeah, well, that wasn't that was not including rehearsals. <laughs> that was outside of rehearsals. Oh my god! For like oh the my group. god! That was that was like my private practice. You know, I was trying to that. You know, that that was definitely a goal at the time to try to practice five hours because you know, like the standard was you know I would try to practice an hour, a couple hours, but you know I wanted to get better. So, um, and I you know I love I love playing the clarinet. So you know it wasn't. You know, in my spare time to do what I love to do is kind of like just par for the course, I think. What else do you do other than play the clarinet? What are your, I know you like to run, um, but what else uh, hobbies do you have other than playing the clarinet? <laughs> yeah, um, so my wife and I, we, we run some races and, you know, I've done a few half marathons and stuff. I like to watch football. Um, this is the season for it, of course. Um, yeah. And um, I, you know, I like to watch tennis. You know, we went to the U.S. Open uh, a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh wow! Really? Too. Okay. Yeah, and and my biggest hobby is I like to play golf too. Um, so you know, I try to keep busy uh, doing like getting out there and you know being athletic and stuff. Right. Right. 
Wow, wonderful. Well, I'm going to play some music from your most recent uh, CD with the Pacifica Quartet. Um, this is the Mozart piece, um, the Allegro, the first piece on the CD. I think we had a little technical difficulty. Can you hear me now? Um, oh, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Hi. All right. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened. Um, sorry okay. about that. Um, <laughs> that was a great piece. Um, that's from your uh, Pacifica Quartet uh, collaboration. How did you choose them? How did you connect with the, that particular quartet? Um, I think uh, I was uh, invited to play with them a few years ago, and um, you know, we all in the music world, the classical music world is very small. So, you know, I'd heard of them and, and knew some of them in the group. And so they invited me to play with them. And, you know, it just kind of started from there. We we played our first concert and it just kind of was an instant connection, an instant kind of musical kind of bond. So, you know, we played more, many more concerts um, after that. And at some point we played a concert in Chicago and, the owner of the said the record company, uh, Jim Ginsberg, was there, and he talked about, you know, maybe presenting us, you know, on a CD and an album playing Mozart and Brahms, and of course we were very mm. excited. So it kind of went from there. Wow, well, it's a really great collaboration. I really enjoyed listening to the CD. I'm going to be giving away some copies of the CD, so I encourage people to follow at Joy Keys on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook or tag me in a post on Instagram, and you could possibly win a copy of the CD or an iTunes download, so definitely do that. Now, um, let's talk about something really silly. <laughs> now, I was looking at your Twitter feed, and you were talking about black emojis. What's up with that? Talk to the audience about <laughs> this. <laughs> I forget how it came up, but I think I was sending an emoji, and I had on my phone, and I had done a thumbs up, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> all my friends know that, you know, my thumb isn't exactly white, but all the only emojis are. are. So I was <laughs> like, what? We, we need some multicultural emojis, you know? So, Definitely. Like, you know, just so people know who who's sending the actual emo, emoticon, I guess you call them, right? Emojis. Whatever, right, right, whatever right. They're, whatever they're called, you know, we need we need some more um, more culture diversity in the emoji department. <laughs> oh, my God. I told you I saw um, a Mr. T one. I, I used the Viber app, and they had one for Mr. T, but I was like, I'm not Mr. T. That doesn't, like, represent my personality. <laughs> and then they have some, some really crazy, raunchy ones, like, I mean, that are, like, who negative. Who's sending these type of emojis around with such negativity? I just couldn't get with it. But definitely I would love to have some black emojis because – Unfortunately, I mean, 
I'm sending a little white girl with purple hair, and I'm like, that's <laughs> not me. I, I, I don't have purple hair, and I'm not a little white girl. So it's kind of awkward when you really want to be creative. They, they're like, they're white. I mean, I'm like, okay, that's just. Okay, you know what? Yep. We're going to work on this, Anthony. We're going to work on this collaboration. We're going to find yep. a graphic designer, and, and we're going to make a lot of money. You think exactly. about it. We start I, making I some think black work, emojis. I think Supposedly, the you know whoever is the person that designs them, the iPhone. I don't know who, whatever company. Supposedly, they're working on it because it's you know it's, it's been an issue for a while. I mean, yeah, sir. We, we need some black emojis. All right, <laughs> back to the more serious things here. Um, let's talk about uh, one of the artists I, I heard that you used to listen for hours and hours. Uh, Richard Stoltzman. Can you talk to the audience about him? Yeah, um, when I was a kid. You know, I would um, I would go to bed listening to different types of music and different kinds of players, and and the thing about Richard Stolzman is that he's a clarinet player that kind of more than anybody else in recent history kind of came to the forefront and became like a famous kind of household name in the classical music world as far as uh, clarinetists go. And mm-hmm. um, you know what I loved about his playing was how. Um, you know, I didn't know that much about music at the time uh, or the clarinet, but I could hear, like, the expression coming through his instrument. I could hear kind mm-hmm. of what he was talking about, like, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that kind of resonated with me. And so, you know, from an early age, you know, that's the kind of um, musician or artist that I, you know, as my even as my taste changed as far as, like, style and tone and all this other thing, all these other things, um, when I when I hear a musician and I can hear the emotion, I can hear exactly what he's talking about through the music. That's that's what I connect with. That's wonderful. The way you said, I could hear what he was talking about. He wasn't talking like you and I are, you know, speaking right now. The music is talking to you, and and that's the power of music. I mean, I've had a lot of musicians on, and that's what they say. Like they can go across the globe, you know, be in Morocco, you know, be in Brazil, be in Istanbul or something, and they don't have to speak the language. Like you know, we're speaking this language, but the music is the language, and they communicate with each other, and they're talking and they're vibing off each other. I mean, that's the beauty that I think music can break barriers. Um, a lot of this drama and war we're having, maybe they need to just go play some music together. <laughs> and, oh, um, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. definitely, I think, calm each other down. I mean, music, they've studied uh, music and the different tones that can calm people down and the different rhythms that people can connect to. That's the, why they sell. Like, you hear, like, certain beats all the time in music. They know that that's the beat will, that will get you to buy it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is a, it is the universal language. I mean, that's you know they say that, but it's it's very true. I mean, it it communicates all those things that that all human beings can recognize. You know, we can recognize emotions. You know, sadness, happiness. We can hear all of those things in music, and you know, on on, on deeper levels as well. I mean, there can be music that can can that can make you think. You know, <laughs> it's why mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um, you know people have tried to kind of censor you know, music and art for so many years because it, it's it's a mechanism for expression beyond that of borders, political borders or religious borders. Music transcends all of that. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's play some more of your music. This is actually from the first album, and this is a Gershwin piece, It Ain't Necessarily So. Mm-hmm. 
okay, did you breathe? I mean, do you breathe when you were playing? Like, some of the songs I could hear you breathing, and I really liked the breathing. Like, it, it kind of got my breathing into the rhythm music. But that was so fast. I was like, where, where did he breathe on that? Talk. Is there a special way to breathe? Let's, let's talk, talk, talk about technique, though, seriously. Is there a special yeah. way that you have to learn how to breathe when you're playing? And talk to the audience yeah, a little bit about yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, it's kind of like not like your normal breath. Like if you're we're walking around, as I talk to my students about it, it's not like you're walking around breath. It's like a little, quite a bit deeper. It's like you take a deep breath, then you breathe a little bit more, and then you can even breathe a little bit more. The lung capacity is pretty great, you know. It's like I guess they have this thing called free divers. They know how to do this stuff, how to control their, you know, oh, you have yeah. to do that for clarinet oh, yeah. playing too. Um, okay. But I also do this technique called circular breathing, which is where I can kind of blow out the air in my cheeks while oh, yes. I'm breathing in through that. my nose. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you do this cycle again. So yeah, so that's how you can, you can I can hold my air for a long time. Wow, wow! I've heard about that. Well, I might have a theater background, and um, we used to go to. Um, class and they would really force us to use our air and our diaphragm and you don't realize how much you can build up the capacity to hold breath because we would do Shakespeare and certain expressive uh, phrases the teacher wanted us to say that whole phrase in one breath so you had to really build up your capacity and learn how to fill all the crevices you know your ribs and you've got all these areas that you don't realize you can hold air to right. say it, but say it naturally, not forced. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a technique you have to learn. And um, the circular breathing, I've heard uh, musicians talk about that, and that's just amazing to me. Um, that now, now, how long did it? Uh, how long, long did it take you to learn how to do that? Is that years? Is that a couple months? How long is that? Oh yeah. Process. I've been I've been um, kind of doing it for many many years. I remember my brother. He was probably, you know, he was probably 16, I was 12, and, like, he was going around the house practicing how to do it. Um, and, you know, I think at the first you get the idea, the concept of it, you know, very quickly, but, you know, it's taken years to try to, you know, kind of get it to a place where you can't really tell that I'm doing it, you know, that mm-hmm. the, the sound just continues. So it's, you know, like mm-hmm. everything else with the technique of clarinet playing, it, it can take a lifetime to just, you know, to perfect, and I'm still right. trying to trying to <laughs> iron out all the difficulties. <laughs> I think it's a life process, you know, because as you get older, your taste change, your physical capacity changes, your outlook, and that all affects your musicianship, you know what I mean? So I yeah. think you will definitely uh, continue to improve in, in, in different ways. Now, um, I saw that you also like different kinds of music, and Ed Sheeran. You like Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah, I do like Ed Sheeran. That's funny. Oh, my God. I was, like, looking at you. I was, like, what? Okay. So what other kinds of music? Why are you laughing? I have to investigate yeah. my guests. I can't just come well, on here and just, you know, you know act I know. like I know. I got I to gotta watch what I post on Twitter, I guess. But, um, okay. Yeah, I, you, know, I, you know, I kind of um, – I discover a lot of different um, musicians and and songwriters and and people bands from like you know going online and listening to music you know the different music sources mm-hmm. and you know so I discovered him a couple years ago and I was like you know this is before he opened up for like you know Taylor Swift and all these other people but you know 
you know, versatile musicians that have, you know, voices where you don't expect them to have those kind of voices or they yes, have, um, yes. you know, original sounding music and, you know, amazing voices and just are creative artists of any genre. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'll listen to basically anything if I can kind of hear hear what the artist is saying, like I said before, even the classical music. Mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so I mean, I you know we go to a lot of jazz shows here in in New York. That's kind of one of my, that's my I guess that might be my second second love. And then every other type of music I listen to, doesn't matter if it's good, I like it. Yeah, uh, well you should check out this guy. He's over in England. His name is Tanash. He's or Tanache. He's from Zimbabwe, and he's this little guy. And then he starts singing, and I'm like, oh my god, what is this? Uh-huh. It was like totally blew me away, and I had him on the show, and I told him I saw his video, and like his voice came out of his mouth. I was like, okay, that's not what I was expecting, you know. Wow. So I, I I understand that, and I get bored. So you really gotta mm-hmm. be interesting to me, you know. I grew up listening right. to jazz in my household. I heard that you listen, your parents, you know, listen to jazz, but yeah. um, there's so many different types of jazz, and it doesn't get boring, you know what I mean? Like, I can't just keep listening to pop music all the time. I, I got to listen to something else, you know? Um, <laughs> well, there's so many no, great seriously. musicians out there. <laughs> there are just so yeah. many, so many great musicians and artists that people have never heard of, too. So it's like there's just this vast, you know, universe of, of great art. Right, right, definitely. That's why I like to do my show because I've had people from all over the globe, you know, from the Netherlands, from Morocco, from... South Africa, from, you know, Brazil, just to, like, wow, you didn't know that those people are out there, they exist, and, you know, now people are learning more and more about you, you're getting more and more exposure, you're going to be with the New York Philharmonic on Monday, I mean, you, how are you dealing with this transition to superstardom, if you will, <laughs> what, what are you doing well, to, like, calm, calm your <laughs> ego? <laughs> well, I don't know, I mean... As a classical musician, I mean that that keeps my ego in check right there because you know it's the art form is is large. There are a lot of people that love it, but as far as its pop accessibility, it has mm-hmm. it has not very much of that. So, you know, you don't yeah. go into classical music if you're trying to be like the next, you know, the most famous, you know, Beyonce act or something. Out there. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. But you know, you go into it because you have this deep love of. Um, you know, instrumental instrumental music, and for me, playing that specifically. So, but you basically keep focused on the thing. The reason I started playing clarinet, which is, you know, I want to I want to reach people with my music. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, everybody, every musician, every artist, kind of wants to change the world individually in their own way. And by expressing yourself, however you do that, that's what you're doing. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, I guess. You know, politicians want to change the world in, the, in that in that world. You know, religious leaders right. want to do it in that world. Musicians, we communicate this way. Poets, you know, you you use your use blog poetry to, to like to communicate with with the world. I mean, it's it's all the same thing. So I don't really think so much about um, kind of these external pressures. I'm you know one day at a time, one piece, one performance at a time, and that keeps me kind of grounded. Keeps me focused on. I'm I'm just a musician. I'm just playing the clarinet, um, and I'm trying to you know like expose as many people as I can to this beautiful music. Right, right. Now, um, before we close out, I want to talk to you about these bag of beans. 
You know what I'm talking about, the bag of beans? <laughs> Uh-oh. But, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about, the bag of beans while you were running. While you were running, you had a bag oh. of beans. Uh-huh. Oh, so, 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 yeah. I, so I want to say, recently you just got married, and um, it started with the bag of beans. Why don't you tell the audience, if you don't mind, a little bit about the bag of beans? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so my then, um, well, my then girlfriend, I was about to say my then fiancé, but we've moved on past that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she likes to run, so we... Um, I you know I went out for an early morning run with her in the Central Park, which you know she does a lot. But I was like I wanted to go, go along. It was like her birthday, and she's like, "Oh, I'm meeting this this uh, girlfriend of mine though that's in town, and we're going for one." I was like, "Oh man, okay." Well, right. I you know I had it all prepared, and they're these little um like jelly bean type things that you do on long runs to give you some energy. So we're we're near the um, reservoir in the park. I kneel down, like, looking like I'm tying my shoe, and I get this bag out. I'm like, oh, I need some beans. You know, I'm tired. And this was, like, a, just a couple mile run. She's like, what? She's thinking, why do you need, <laughs> you know, energy beans on the run? So then I pull out the ring, and she's like, Aww. what? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, That's yeah, so like, sweet. Beans. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what it made me think about was Jack and the Beanstalk and Magic Beans and, like, you know, I don't know. I just went far. I'm artistic. I was, like, thinking about this musical. and Anyway, that's a whole other story. But, <laughs> like a scene from a musical and, and the Magic Beans. But that anyway, is true. That is true. Yeah, you know. But um, so I, I just want to wish you so much luck. I'm so happy for you, your success. I think um, you can be an inspiration for a lot of young black men who may not have thought about going into classical music, um, that it's possible, you know, um, you know, because that's, you can't dream something you've never seen. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? A lot of times yeah. if you haven't seen it, you don't know that it's possible, so you don't know that, yeah. okay, that's a dream, that's an aspiration I could have. Um, so I, I appreciate your existence um, and being able to do that. You work with children a lot. What do you like most about working with children, and, and what um, surprises you when you're working with them with, about music and teaching them music? Yeah, I mean, what you said is, is very, very beautiful um, about it's hard to dream what, you, what you've never seen. And um, I think that is quite true. So, like, you know, when I'm working, working with kids and just meeting kids, and playing music with them, it's really important that they just see that, you know, I connect with them. You know, it's not like I'm mm -hmm. trying to teach them how to play music necessarily if I'm just going in and meeting with the class, but I, I can show them how much fun I have with music, how, how they just light up when, you know, I play and I move around with them and I look at them and they see that, oh, there's a connection between what I'm doing and emotions that they can recognize because, like when yes. I play, my face is kind of very expressive too. Like my eyebrows are getting really intense, or my eyes are really <laughs> big. You know, so they right. love that kind of thing. They light up and they laugh and they they think it's funny looking and you know. And sometimes it sounds <laughs> that they've never heard before. A lot of them maybe right. don't know the clarinet. So it's it's just it's being able to open up different pathways for them in their imagination. Um, and that just expands, you know, kind of how they think about the world, sights, sounds, touch, 
you know, all of these, all of, all of the senses. And so, mm-hmm. so much of the environments that, you know, kids grow up in, they're not able to be in touch with the, that side of their, their um, humanity, you know, um, mm-hmm. just to yeah. hear beautiful, hearing beautiful or interesting sounds or seeing, seeing beautiful works of art and, and and these are kind of things that open up our awareness and give us opportunities that we never thought were there. Like you said, being able to see these things in our imagination, um, you know, or imagining that we could become something else that we never thought of that is not in our immediate environment is very important um, that, you know, kids have that kind of exposure to, to different things, different musics and and art. So yeah, it, it's, it's, inspiring. it's inspiring for me, too, because, you know, I have people around me that expose me to all kinds of stuff, too, that, you know, I'm lucky, and it's kind of changed my life. Definitely. Well, I want to let people know that you, too, are on Twitter, uh, McGillAB on Twitter. Also, you have a website, um, AnthonyMcGill.com. You can check out um, his uh, different CDs, his blog, uh, his press kit, his schedule, where he's going to be, what he's doing. Don't stalk him. <laughs> but um, uh, only, only uh, you know, uh, reporters can do that. <laughs> but um, uh, thank you so much. Also, I want to tell everybody, follow me at Joy Keys or become a fan on Facebook uh, for Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. Or, again, tag me on Instagram, and you could possibly win a copy of Anthony McGill's uh, new CD with Pacifica Quartet. Thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on this morning. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you. You have a great uh, weekend, and good luck on Monday, okay? All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, again, for tuning in. Again, check him out, at McGillAB on Twitter. Also, check out his website, anthonymcgill.com. Check out his first album, which is uh, CD. Again, I keep saying album. It tells how old I am. <laughs> uh, check out his first uh, CD with Gloria Chen playing piano. A wonderful uh, beginning there. And then now he has his second one, uh, Anthony McGill with Pacifica Quartet. I'll be giving away copies. You guys have a wonderful Saturday, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I just want to say thank you. You know, we're past a million downloads of the show. Wow, just amazing. Thank you, thank you for, you know, supporting the show. Again, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I'm going to end with some Brahms uh, from this Pacifical Quartet and Anthony McGill. Mm-hmm.